Welcome to Uncontained, episode 49. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on this show, I talk to the cast and crew of the web series, The Haunted Bay. You've all seen shows like Ghost Hunters or Destination Truth or I'm So Scared I Almost Pissed My Pants. The shows where every particle of dust reflecting light as a ghost where every squeaky floorboard is some poltergeist hiding in the closet. You know, the ones that are just building up tension just to try to scare you. And the Haunted Bay takes a little different approach. They actually try to disprove some myths, some ghost stories that they've heard, along with if they're true, prove it. They want to know the answer. They have mediums, they have the scientific gadgets to do it, but they also have a more objective approach that only an independent show could have. One that doesn't have the suit showing, yo, you need to put this prop there to because it's scarier, creepier. Can you react to this? One of my favorite aspects of the show is they aren't all believers. They don't all believe that there is a ghost, that there is something out there, but they are curious and want to know the answers to what is otherwise inexplainable out there. In this episode, I talk with Ying, Matthew, Cody, and June of the Haunted Bay. Unfortunately, the Alameda Paranormal Researchers couldn't make it on the show, which is another key aspect of the Haunted Bay. But we have plenty of great uh, stories for you in this show. And actually, so many that uh, we couldn't fit it all into one episode. So this is part one of the Haunted Bay on Uncontained. I do need to apologize. We did have basically five conversations going on Skype at once, so there may be some uh, echo in the background. It was me and the four people in four different locations from the Haunted Bay. And on top of that, I had some serious sinus congestion going on, so I do apologize for that. These stories were too good not to share, and... I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. Here is The Haunted Bay on Uncontained. Welcome to Uncontained, and how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks. All right. Great. great. Good. Thanks. Thank you all for coming on and joining me today. Um, you guys, actually, Ying sent me a link to uh, one of your episodes at the Great Star Theater. And that really caught my attention. It was really cool to watch. And I was actually watching it walking home. And every noise that I heard, I was watching on my phone with headset, a headset in. And every noise, nighttime? it was at nighttime. And every noise that I heard, I like turned around. I was like, oh, shit, is there something behind me? So it kind of added a little interest to the same old monotonous walk home. And a little <laughs> terror, too. But, uh, okay, how did... Basically, let's get started talking about the show and maybe how it got started. Who wants to feel that question? I'll do it. So, um, Cody and I were both in this video production class in Laney College in Oakland. And uh, we were asked to propose ideas for videos. And it was Halloween time, I think it was early October or something. So I thought, well, why don't we make a ghost-themed video? And I proposed that we do uh, something on ghost legends of San Francisco and also uh, follow paranormal investigators. So the class voted on the different projects that were proposed, and mine was one of the projects. And um, I had several classmates on the team, one of which was Cody. And he's the only, uh, he's still with me, with us right now. I am still with you. All right, good. And not just as ghost, right? <laughs> he's still with us. <laughs> occupying the space. Okay, so um, how did uh, Matthew and June get involved in this project? Were they still, did they get involved while you were still in college or did they come later? Um, Matthew, I met, I think, I was still taking classes. 
Yeah, I was still taking classes, but it was through the Berkeley Community Media Center. Um, so the Berkeley uh, Community Media Center, actually, they, they, they contacted me because I think they saw my video and thought it would be interesting content for one of their film festivals or something. Okay. So I entered a film festival there for horror, horror shorts. And horror Matthew, TV. yeah, horror TV. And Matthew was there. And he's part of a group of filmmakers and called The Collective. And they approached me to see if uh, they liked, we could work together because they liked what they saw. And um, June, that's a longer story. So a few years ago, my mother passed away. And I was having a very hard time dealing with that. Sorry to hear and that. Th Sorry to hear that. Th yeah, thank you. And uh, one of my friends said, well, why don't you talk to my aunt, June, who is a medium? And uh, I don't think I ever thought about that before because I was kind of skeptical. I thought a lot of them were, you know, maybe scam artists or something. But since it was through my friend, I gave her a call and left her a message. Um, and I was just kind of amazed. Like, I called her, I left her a message, she called me back, and... Already she started giving me details that matched things that she could not have known. Okay. And I wasn't even paying. I, I, I don't know if you want me to go into details because I don't know how long I have to say this. But she just impressed me before I was even in a real session with her just over the phone. Okay, cool. And this yeah. is as much your guys' show as it is mine. So you guys can say whatever you want and say it at however length you want. So uh, feel free Feel free to talk. So you got involved with you got involved with June after unfortunately your mother passing away. Uh, how did you go from that phone conversation to uh, getting her involved in your project or in the bay in the haunted bay? Uh, so it just seemed like natural to ask her to be part of this project. You know, I, I went to her a few times after my mom passed away. And at that time, I wasn't making these videos. And then I started, you know, doing these videos. And after our first episode, she was not in the first episode. We had a couple of episodes with just APR or Alameda Paranormal Researchers. And then I just thought, you know, it's natural that I'd ask June because I was pretty impressed with her skills and I trusted her. And, uh, I, yeah, I asked her, and she, uh, after thinking about it, she agreed to it. All right. uh, you remember the first time you asked me to be involved in the Zodiac killing, and I said, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I'm not dealing with that kind of uh, entities. And As I, someone I, who went on that investigation, she made the right call. Yeah, I said no to, to that. And then when you came back with the, the, uh, the strip joint, <laughs> I said, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> I wish I was part of the Zodiac one. <laughs> oh, there's we have a lot of interesting stories if you're wondering what we're talking about. That's why I was like, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into because everything is interesting. Uh, even that sound. initial phone call with June. I could tell you some things that June told me to, 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 to explain why I trusted her. <laughs> what, what's the one thing that really got your trust from her? Okay, so... And you recorded it. You have it on the tape recorder. Yeah, I, I, I remember it very well. Well, several things, but the one, if you wanted me to choose one thing. Uh, so I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, another uh, girl, um, and she said she was able to see my mother. And I asked this girl, well, what do you see? Is she near me? And this girl said, yeah. And I said, what, what is she doing? And she said, she has her hands around your neck. Okay. And I was like... I think she said neck and shoulders. Uh, and then I said, why does she have her hand around my neck and shoulders? And this girl was like, I don't know, maybe she wants to take you with her. And I didn't believe her. I thought this was ridiculous that my mm. mom wouldn't do that. So this is, this is a, yeah, a friend of mine. And then I don't remember how much longer later I contacted June and I left a message and she called me back. And I was walking to my car as I'm talking on the phone with her. So this is not a formal session at all. And then suddenly June's like, oh, oh, she's coming through really strong, really strong. And I asked her, well, what is she saying to me? What is my mother saying to me and, or doing? And among several things that I can't explain how she could have said, she said, your mom has her hands around your neck. 
And I was like, why? And she said, because you're, it's cold and you're not wearing a scarf. And she's afraid you're going to get sick. Oh, okay. So that that, expl- that sounds like a more motherly reason to have uh, her hands around your neck. Than taking me with her, yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. just so, so random. It's not like, oh, your mother's there. She says she loves you. You know? Yeah, it's pretty specific. <laughs> not something most people would just make up. All right, so yeah. yeah, that that definitely would probably help build some trust with me too. And um, <laughs> now you mentioned in a slight, and we had a brief discussion before the show. You mentioned uh, something about not all all of you were believers in ghosts, and something happened to somebody on your first episode. <laughs> yeah, so on our very first episode, we had a guy. Um, his name was Abdullah, and uh, he was interested and uh, came up to me and asked to be part of my group because he says, I don't believe in this stuff, but I want to see what it's about. So I said, okay. So we followed the Alameda Paranormal Researchers onto the USS Hornet, and uh, that's a ship out in Alameda. Yeah. And, uh, and there was a lot of sitting around. We split up into different groups, so apparently with Abdullah, nothing happened. Abdullah was there. And they were trying to get voices. They were trying to catch things on camera. And nothing happened. So he came to me and Cody and the rest of us. And he was just like, this is stupid. You know, like, there's no, no ghosts. This is, you know, um, this makes no sense. Well, then we followed the, Al- the Alameda Paranormal Researchers to a gay club in Oakland called the White Horse. And okay. uh, after hours, after you know, nobody's there. And then we're, se- we're filming... And suddenly Abdullah says, um, something strange is happening. So what APR was doing, they were uh, they used a, a meter to measure spikes in electromagnetic um, energy. And what they do is they talk and ask the spirits questions. And if there's a spike, a consistent spike to every question, they then think the ghosts might be responding to the questions. Okay. So we're filming, we're filming this meter, and it's spiking as they're asking the ghost questions. And then suddenly Abdullah's like, something strange is happening to me. And he said, every time that meter spikes, I feel somebody pressing down my shoulders, and I can't swallow. Oh, wow. Um, so with, that'd have to be pretty freaky, especially for somebody who didn't even believe in this stuff to start feeling it. But... yeah. Um, with the with the uh, meter that they have, does it actually mm-hmm. like when the spirit is answering the question? You say it spikes, but is there mm-hmm. a way to actually through that equipment hear what the ghost is saying, or is it just like we're getting activity? With that meter, it's just we're getting activity. They do try to get voices through just regular recorders, like audio recorders, uh, and they. They think they have gotten some responses, but not on that investigation, I don't think. Okay, so um, when did, uh, like, at what time did uh, Matt come into the group with the coalition? Was that before or after June? Matt? That was... Well, yeah, she uh, June was first before me, because I remember seeing a lot of episodes with her before I had jumped on. Okay, so how did you hear about how did you hear about uh, the haunted bay? Well, the haunted bay first started off. Or at least my first impression was it was this really cool program that she put on, and it was I saw it at um, the, the Berkeley Community Media Center Horror TV. Um, one of my friends actually hosted that particular screening, and I was just really floored by, it. oh wow, you actually are doing a real paranormal show. And I realized I was always fascinated by. The shows that are on television, you have Ghost Hunters and a few other programs that I was always curious about. What really does happen on there? And hers seemed very authentic. And I, I thought, wow, this is great. I would love to help out. Just just invite me in on any of your your ghost hunts. And I would love just like to help you out. All right. And uh, Matthew, um, were you, did you believe in ghosts beforehand? Or was it just something where you're like, hey, this is kind of interesting? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a really darn good question because sometimes I question myself a lot of the times about all of this. I like to consider myself like the optimistic skeptic. You know, I'm I am on the sh- on this show more the technician. I am the the doc- documentarian, the storyteller. So, um, you know, when I'm actually shooting with Ying and the Alameda Paranormal Researchers and June, you know, you you can't really just be the fourth wall. You know, I you actually start to get involved into what the researchers are doing, what what's happening with the reads. And I mean, sometimes on set, things will happen to you and you have to kind of report back because, you know, there are safety issues. And then sometimes there are some things that might potentially be paranormal that are happening to you. So you really have to be vocal about certain things that happen when you're on a shoot and things have happened to me. And at this current time, I still can't even describe exactly what those experiences are. And I know they've been documented on the show where I, where the, basically the camera flips to me and then I have to explain uh, why, what kind of weird sensations I had or any kind of weird sightings I had or things I heard. And yeah, so those, those kind of things always question you, but at the same time, I am a technician on the set and I have to kind of be almost like a scientist when I'm, when I'm presented with the evidence, try to outrule things out. Cause like sometimes okay. people have equipment issues when they're shooting on any of these paranormal shows and they're very quick to say, Whoa, that was paranormal, but it was just a bad battery or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's good to have that voice in there too. Instead of just everybody like hear like something like a house Creek, like normal sounds and be like, right. Oh my God, it's the poltergeist or something <laughs> exactly. like that. Uh, but just you know, so, just, just, yeah, go just ahead. Just to let you know, the Alameda paranormal researchers are actually very good about that. So uh, yes. when whenever they hear something, they always check with everyone. Did somebody move? Did somebody say something? And if somebody said, "Oh yeah, my shoe just squeaked," and they're like, "They out," they say, "Okay, that was that was that." And they always like note it, like, "Oh, there's a car honking. Yes, oh, that's a bus going by." So they're very very uh, careful about what they consider as real evidence. And and uh, so yeah, so we're not just saying everything is paranormal. Okay, that that's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, and I think that helps that I come in with that. You know, I just don't I don't want to just like label everything that happens to me as paranormal. I'm I'm gonna be the last person they'll call it. I want to just be able just to be honest about what the experiences have been, you know? Summer keeps them honest and Matt keeps us honest. <laughs> well, I I think we were honest before too. <laughs> yeah, we all are. I'm just it's just it's it's easy to fall into your own um own perception of what actually happened so it's like it just seems to be something that i i i want to be true to because i i mean truthfully i would love to know that there are such things as ghosts it would comfort me greatly to know that 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 there are i know some people are scared of them but it's like who wouldn't want to know that there is an afterlife and that there is more to it than our mortal existence um, at this time you know well i guess put. that's part of the one thing that drives us towards it would you say that you are now a believer in ghosts or are any of you that are still, are any of you that are still skeptical that ghosts exist after, after all the episodes that you have done? Ooh, <laughs> anybody want to take that one? I'll, I'll, I can, I can answer that, but uh, for myself, I'm still on the fence, you know? And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want I to came, believe. Yeah. I came in as a lightweight, but I really left as there's, there's got to be a lot going on here and it really takes you deeper and deeper the more you start filming okay yeah me too i even i don't know what it is i'm like so scared of being just gullible that i put up kind of a wall to it like i just want to make sure i'm not like fooling myself or jumping to the conclusion that anything is paranormal that i sometimes will doubt a lot of things that are happening but I've had so many instances where I'll see or feel something. I don't. I can't explain why somebody else feels or sees the exact same thing that I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. I can. It's good to have more people there because I've been in places that have been kind of, you know, quote unquote creepy, and my mind just starts playing tricks on me. And I don't know if it's just my mind and getting like trapped up in my mind. 
or if it's something actually going on. When you have multiple people there and a medium like June, that kind of helps validate your feelings or your uh, the the feeling that you're feeling, you know? Yeah, right. definitely. I think it's really great, though, that, you know, we have June on board because a lot of the things that I think really come, stands out to me is sometimes when there is something we discover and it's been corroborated by something that June says or some evidence that we find later on. So those, some of those things are probably some of the most compelling of the bunch. Yeah, like we have an episode called Interview with the Medium. And what we did was... Uh, there's a historic part of San Francisco uh, called, I think it's the Jackson Historic District. Um, but I didn't tell her anything. It was just okay. me and Cody film, filming. Well, Cody was filming and I was just walking with her. And I said, meet us at this address. I didn't say it was a historic district. I didn't say anything. I just, this address in San Francisco. She meets us. She goes around the streets of San Francisco and starts giving us impressions. And I didn't know much about this area. We didn't tell her anything. We walked up this really narrow street, and she says, for example, at one point, oh, I think there's a police station here. Among many things that she says, she mentioned there's a police station here, and it seems very unlikely that that little narrow street would have a police station. So after the episode, we actually did. I actually went to the history room in San Francisco Library to do research to see if I could find anything that, she, that matched what she said, and I did find some things. But I was having a really hard time finding a police station. And I was looking in the library. I was looking at old photographs. I was looking online, found nothing. I was about to give up. Uh, and then suddenly I thought, well, maybe I should go to the police, San Francisco police website. This was like my last attempt. Yeah. I go onto the website. I look at the historical stuff. They named that street that there used to be a, a police station on that little street. Oh, wow. So... And I, I backed away from my laptop. This is in the middle of the night and just was in shock. And I was like pacing back and forth like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. <laughs> that, that is impressive. I, like, I don't know. I'm, I've heard like that San Francisco is a really haunted place. The Bay Area has a lot going on. Uh, actually, my dad and stepmom, when they're out here visiting, have gone on some ghost walks and stuff like that. And it's been they they've report they've said they saw some kind of crazy stuff they but that i guess that's just going down another story at one place i don't remember where it was my stepmom said she got pushed by a ghost Ooh. but wow uh she thought my dad did it and he was like no no it wasn't me <laughs> but yeah. june what do you feel when you are starting to i don't know if it's necessarily channeling a ghost do you try or does it just come to you well i i start out when ying picks a place to go to and we agree okay let's go there uh i just settle myself down and um i as though looking at it it's like remote viewing i imagine myself going to the place and do i see any energy there i i wait to see what starts to come to me and then when we get to the place, I usually already have scenes, uh, energy. Uh, I look at the, the ghost, uh, it's, it's energy that I'm picking out. Like, as you said, the, your investigation group in Alameda, you know, they have their little gadgets to pick things up. Well, I am the gadget. Okay. <laughs> and, yes, I, I pick up um, and I walk around and, and I dismiss some of my own thoughts. I say, okay, I'm thinking about that. I'm not feeling it. And I like, I like skepticism. I, I think it's really good to have that because I've met a lot of people that they're just far out there with some of this stuff. And I, and I really like uh, to know, can we, can we document this? As a, did it really happen? Are these people for real? And so I wait and see who comes to me. Sometimes uh, spirits or ghosts will hide. They don't really want people to see them. Other ones will step out. Remember the little, say, uh, the little man that was in the uh, alleyway? Ying, mm -hmm. and yeah. just step right yeah. out. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some of them come to me, and other ones uh, I find. I see them. Okay. And um, does it come to you like just when you're going about your everyday normal business, or yes. do you have to yeah. be in a certain mood? No. 
I could be. I stood at Safeway one time next to this uh, man, actually. The, well, it was one time it was a woman, and I turned to him and I just said, "Listen, uh, I know this is going to sound really weird, but you know your father's right here with you, and he's telling you uh, don't be whatever the message was I gave to him." And uh, and he said, "What? Yeah, my father just passed away. Uh, I just heard about it the last few days." I said, "Well, then don't worry about everything. That's what he's telling you." Then I went on my sh took my shopping cart and off I went. So it, it can come. I usually don't do that, uh, speak to people, but it can come to me anywhere. Uh, and then I can also dismiss it, mostly just dismiss it. Okay. I don't want to be popular. Yeah, and, okay, when you're on the show, uh, do you know anything about the place going in, or is it like when you were walking down that alley that it, you're going blind not knowing anything? Going blind. I prefer, and I've said this to to Ying, I said, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know anything. Because if you know something, you, uh, for me, I start to struggle. I struggle between, oh, I already knew that, and now I'm saying it. Is it, is it just my, you know, am I, am I imagination, or am I really experiencing this? So I prefer to know absolutely nothing. And then I might say, oh, you know, I feel like this is happening. Do you know? And then I dismiss what I just, I dismiss my question and go on with the information. Okay. Okay. Um, what, for any of you guys, have you ever felt like your life has been threatened or you've been in danger in any of these places that you've gone to? Yes. Yes? Yes, yes. What, what happened there? What was that situation like? Um... Well, at Preston Castle, which is a, uh, uh, it was a former boys' reform school, opened in the 1800s, and it's been closed, you know, for for a while now. And um, I went with the Alameda Paranormal Researchers. It's out in Ione County, Ione, California, which is gold country. Okay. And um, this is only my second, I think, second investigation or something. And I was alone. I didn't have any other camera people with me. So I was in a hallway. Now, this place is very scary. It's like your classic haunted house. It looks like a castle on the outside, and the inside is completely falling apart. And there are even bats inside. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we go up to, I think it was the psych ward, the floor where the former psych ward was. I think. I'm not actually sure. But um, I was standing... We were in a line in a, the hallway, looking down at a dark hallway, and they're they're speaking out to the hallway, trying to see if somebody's there. And I happen to be out in front, and I'm actually very quiet, and not doing anything. And suddenly, I had a feeling that if I don't move from here, something's going to jump out and attack me. But I didn't say anything because I thought, you know, I could just be imagining this because of the spooky environment. Yeah. So someone's filming me the whole time, so I see the when I look at the tape, like I didn't say or gesture that I was scared at all. I just very quietly moved out of the way and stood behind the investigators. And then after I moved out of the way, the um, the psychic in their group, because they have their own psychic um, sensitive, she's called. She suddenly was in the front, and then she said, "Oh my God, there's somebody down the hallway. Do you guys can you guys see him?" And she said, there's a shadow figure there. And she walked towards it and said, is there something you want to say to me? And then suddenly she jumps back because she said the thing jumped towards her, screaming at her. Like it was going to attack her or something. And she jumped back. And we all kind of like backed, backed up in the hallway. And I was just amazed because I thought, oh my God, she, I totally felt something. Yeah, that... and uh, we left, and we were actually kind of, kind of freaked out because most of the investigations we don't feel that it's just more subtle. But uh, that was probably the scariest. Now, can any ghost actually harm you? That you, like that, if he jumped at you and tried to attack you, would it actually have hurt you, or what? Since it's a ghost, would it have just gone right through you? I let June answer that because I don't know. Well, can they actually harm you? Uh, they, you know, they can harm you psychologically. Okay. And, and okay. then you will, you will, perhaps do something like jump off of uh, uh, stairs or fall down the stairs because you are frightened. 
And uh, so in that way that they, can you be harmed? I think the better question is, can you be harmed by a ghost haunting you or a uh, ghost in places they don't want you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, we, we talk, we, we know about um, uh, when exorcists come in. I'll tell you, I was in Jamaica one time and I wouldn't believe, I'm the kind of person that I got to see it or I don't believe it. I got to know it myself. When I was in Jamaica one time, and this isn't about the program, uh, uh, it wasn't on the program. Uh, the um, I went and I saw a woman that was actually physically ill by the entities, the low-grade entities that were attacking her. And her husband was, was a doctor, and he didn't know what to do with her. And the, I actually experienced them attack me too. So can they? Yeah, they can. They can hurt you. Okay. All right. That's good to know uh but it's but it's rare it's, it's rare. okay all right that, that's I, also I gotta good say to though if i could add to that because i remember like one of the one of the most uh memorable moments with uh june for me was at a place called the defenestration building oh god and i remember the funniest thing though was like uh you know i'm I, again i was just trying to be the fourth wall so i'm just following uh june with the camera and she uh, we're about to wrap up for the day and she goes, there's someone down this hallway. And she kept walking down the hallway. And, of course, I'm following. And she eventually starts backing up really quickly because she said, it's coming towards us. And she started backing up. And then I was, I remember that you ran past me again, like behind me, leaving me like <laughs> in the front <laughs> where, where you said she saw it was coming. And so at that point, I wasn't even sure if I should be starting to back up because, and you can see this on the film, the, the, the expression is, I, might, I keep looking at my expression, I thought, oh my God, you actually got it. And I'm wearing a face mask because there was like so much dirt, dirt and debris, but you could still tell like, should I still be standing here? Because something <laughs> is coming towards us, right? And right. I remember that was probably like one of the scariest things I remember from our, our outings, right? And you and, know, I'm not a big I actually didn't know. I could take quite a bit, well, but I think I said to you, listen, Matt, if if, if I'm afraid, you better be afraid. Because I'm <laughs> never afraid sure. of any of the ghosts or entities <laughs> that I encounter, ever. Yeah, if I saw a medium run, run, I'd be running, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that, really, that's bad. I was intense. I'd like to throw in some encounters, too. Yes, yes, I was just going to ask you, Cody, what, what are some encounters that you have been through? I'm going to go for my two big ones because they relate the most to interaction between, you know, a real person and spirit world. Okay. And so one of the first ones I've had, which was with the Zodiac Killer, was uh, I had a moment where I think it was about 20 minutes where I completely blacked out and I was just standing in a field about 20 feet away from everybody just completely blacked out and I have no recollection of what happened during that time. I only remember coming back from it and being asked what I was doing over there. Wow. And at the same time as that was happening, we had a, a psychic apparently communicating with one of the spirits that was there. And the most we could kind of put together was that there was something really dark nearby and somehow my blacking out from something was holding it back whether or not I was a distraction from it or something else was using me to distract it so that was that was one of my more spiritual encounters I've never had a history of blacking out or fainting or I'd zone out a lot but you know it's totally different you, you think about things when you zone out this was complete yeah. just no recollection of 20 minutes of my time and For no so, reason. W people so there told you that you were just standing there blankly, or yeah, people kind of forgot about me. I was just twenty feet away in the shadows, and I just yeah. Like, Crazy. You were gonna say something. So, so let me just explain what that zodiac thing is. Um, so the Alameda Paranormal researchers wanted to go back and retrace the steps where all the zodiac murders happened to see if they could contact any spirits. Yeah. And we, me and Cody, we followed them, and then this was, I forgot the exact location, but the location where a teenage girl and the guy she was with were shot. shot. And so at some point, the, the psychic in their group 
uh, started saying, speaking, I guess, channeling the, the, the girl who was killed. And she was sitting on the ground. It was really creepy. It was at night. She just started saying like something like, why did you shoot me? Why did you kill me? Why are you trying to kill me? I want my mom or something like that. And I guess while this was going on, Cody was blacking out. Is wow. that right, Cody? Yeah, I, I, I guess, if I remember correctly. <laughs> you don't remember. That's what you he were told. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, whatever you tell me is what I guess happened. I, I really yeah, don't know. We, and for the audience, we don't actually have an episode of that um, investigation. And one of the reasons is because I was actually uncomfortable thinking it might be kind of in poor taste to uh, if, you know, any family members of the victims are still around. If, I mean, chances are low that you would even find her video. But I thought, man, if can you imagine if a relative found this and someone's channeling their granddaughter or daughter or whatever? Yeah. It just seems kind of in poor taste, so we didn't chose not to show it. I guess the poor tasteness is in question of how it's presented, too. If you're, like, making light of it, yeah, that'd be poor taste, but... It could also have brought somebody closure if you were like, if they're like, oh, wow, they're channeling my granddaughter. I wanted to get insight into how that happened. You know, that's the other way of it. I, I guess. I worked, with mur I worked at the police and I worked with uh, families of murdered victims. And you don't want to be telling them about the suffering that their, that their loved one had gone through as they were being murdered. Okay, I guess I didn't think of it that way, um, but... Yeah, because she wasn't coming through, like, uh, telling us this is what happened. She's actually screaming. Uh, Why are you killing me? Why are you shooting me? I want my mommy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not so, something that you want to present to relatives. You can choose your language. I've had to watch how I've decided to present the message. You know, did they suffer? You know, that's what they asked. Did they suffer? And, of course, you want to say it was really, really difficult. It was a, a hard time. They knew they were leaving. And uh, pray for them. I, I say, you know, whatever their spiritual beliefs are. But you would absolutely not want to present that kind of information to a family on yeah. video. Yeah. And the, the psychic, she was actually relatively calm when she was saying this. She was sitting on the ground, but she said, she toned it down not to, so not to freak us out because the spirit was screaming at the top of her lungs. Like she's still in that moment of being killed was what she tapped into. It's, it's really pretty not a great experience. <laughs> yeah, and is that why you didn't go along on this uh, trip for the Zodiac Killers? Yes, because yes. I knew what was ahead and uh, I just didn't want to be involved. I've, I've, like I said, I've worked on the police uh, in cases and I just didn't want to be involved. That whole investigation was really crazy. Yeah, it was wild. That's just my choice. I'm not saying that it's wrong for anyone else to do it. I, it's just... I, yeah, I've backed out of investigations, too, that June has warned us about. Which was one of them was a defenestration that she warned us about that Oh, place. wait, I What's never that? said my second encounter. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah your, second your second encounter. encounter. Sorry, we got sidetracked by your... Yeah. We blacked out a little bit in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good sidetrack, though. That was, that was good. Um, my second one was actually the one that made me stop everything um, paranormal-related for a really long time. I want to say I went almost a year without really having much contact with Yang or any of the paranormal stuff. I just was not having it. But long story short, there's this ghost that resides in Livermore, and this thing hates me a lot. And... We were back there for, I want to say, the third or fourth time, and we ended up leaving the investigation. This was not a part of um, this group either. This was a private thing with some friends, and um, yeah, we ended up having um, some deep scratch marks on the top of his car that were the shape and consistency, I guess you could say, of a child and the ghost there is supposed to be a child and it just freaked me out to the point that something of spiritual energy could leave five fingernail scratches that went through his paint job into the metal over the span of like three feet i think over the top of his car was enough to make me just stop i, I was at the point where i was like if this is what they can do when they have the energy to do it i did not want to be a part of it for a very long time 
Yeah, wow, that's intense. Uh, what, uh, first of all, like, how, what was that ghost? Like, it was a child. Why did it, do you know why it disliked you so much? Or was it just he disliked everybody? So, it's, it's called the Rock Thrower, and I kind of, everyone in the ghost community kind of has their own beliefs about different um, aspects of every different thing. So, one of my beliefs is that because I was raised Catholic, is that there's no child left behind, and so a child ghost is something really powerful disguising itself. And so I show up at this location where it's supposed to be a child ghost. And normally what you're supposed to do there is you put like your keys on your car and you yell, hey, can you throw rocks? And it's supposed to throw rocks. And I was telling my friend, I was like, listen, I, I don't think spirits work this way. It's an energy, and if it's not a reoccurring energy, then it has to make decisions. And so I was telling him the car key thing, that's just something people made up. So let's really test this guy out. And so I started questioning him and going like, oh, if you can throw rocks, which we heard actively, you can do a lot more. And I kept questioning him over and over again. One time it yelled at us to go away in this really deep guttural voice. And we got out of there. We were scared. Come back another day. I do the same thing. I'm questioning it. I'm asking it for more and more. That time, I had a teddy bear that I saw up against the wall. And I looked back a minute later, and the teddy bear was gone. And that was probably one of the scariest visual things I've ever seen. Okay. We got out of there really quick from that time. But then I come back the last time, and we, we just get into the situation, and the whole area just feels bad like you can tell that it was not happy that i came back it was not happy that we were there it remembered us and i remember getting this sickening feeling that something was above us looking down on us and i totally forgot that my friend's car had a sunroof and so i'm like listen dude we gotta get out of here i'm really not feeling this and so he does this like really quick burnout and the car kind of slides around guns it out of the area and we get out of the car to talk about some stuff and as I'm getting out I look on top of his car and I see those claw marks going from where his sunroof was all the way to the back of his car so if you put two and two together what it looks like is that there's something on top of his car looking down on us through the sunroof and when he gassed it out of there it would have slid off the back of the car wow and that... it was just so real in like the way everything happened yeah yeah so going from that what got you back into doing uh supernatural stuff you want answers i mean i feel like that's why most people do it you kind of wait around long enough and the fear goes away and you just go back to is this real can i prove that it is real can i prove my own questions and have you been back to visit that spot since no i really want to go back though um, cause now that I know and we more, went back, Cody, we went back oh, we and did? filmed. You're right. We did. We did. Was so you with, with, on with, that one? with on that one? No, no, no. It was just me and Cody. Okay. That is an episode too. I forgot about that. That's, That's an up. episode actually. Did you guys see um, anything guys together there? No, that was I, we just heard major rocks sounding like rocks being thrown against the wall. And that was freaky. I can't explain it. I... I thought maybe stuff was falling that we couldn't see, and I went back in the daytime to check and stood there for like half an hour waiting for the same noises and nothing was happening, so I don't really I'd love I don't to understand. Know. I'd love if anyone that knows if they could tell me, because I've spent hours in this place looking around, looking at structural integrity of a bridge, waiting when cars drive by. I just I can't figure it out. Okay. I think we need to do a plant a episode two where I go because I, I would love to actually try to just kind of debunk that one. And I'd I, love to have. I'm always looking for that thing where I like I can I am so stumped. I'm because uh, like I know that I haven't had as many experiences as profound as that one because like when I saw that webisode because I wasn't in on it I was like what is making that noise? I was really was really floored by that. Yeah. Yeah. And, if yeah. Uh, yeah, and if we can debunk it, we'll totally debunk it. We just haven't been debunk able to. It. Yeah. Have you debunked any um uh, any ghost stories that you've come across? Um I not I 
actually, I won't say who, but um, I've heard evidence from other groups. And they gave me, for example, an EVP, an electronic voice phenomenon, which is like a, a recording. Uh, and they were pretty excited about it. And I listened to it. And then I realized that that sound was coming from machinery. Yeah, because by the way, you can hear a lot. You can hear someone move their finger if it's in their pocket. <laughs> oh, wow. Depending yeah, on what you hear a lot. So you really have to call out what you're doing with it. Those microphones and, and other people have presented uh, orbs and say that they're ghosts. I can't say for sure they're not, but I have talked to like a famous parapsychologist. His name is Lloyd Auerbach. He's written like numerous books on this subject. A lot of times orbs are just dust or insects or there's something from the camera lens itself that ref can make that orb appear. Okay, yeah, like light reflecting so, uh, off of dust or yeah. something like that. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I have one question going back to the rock thrower kid. I, I'm sorry to jump around, but I'm a little ADD and it happens. But uh, <laughs> I, I just uh, thought about one thing you said. It was like you said it was a kid ghost, but a lot of times like, kid ghosts are something more powerful to scratch disguising it as a kid is did i get that right anybody can answer yeah, that but like what would is, it be yeah this is more of a personal thing because i've talked about it with yang and i don't want to speak for her but i feel like she doesn't quite share the same uh opinion or at least she doesn't really argue my opinion but she doesn't you know she's got her own opinions about things and i think mine, it's just the spirit of a, of a kid but yeah he's, so he has mine, different beliefs yeah Mine's really rooted from my Catholic upbringing, and so in the Catholic, or at least in my family's Catholic experience. Okay. Uh, so what what is that experience? You mentioned no kid left behind or something like that. I thought that was like a political thing. But... Yeah, it's just an old thing where it's like kids are very innocent. They haven't learned to actually be evil yet. Therefore, like a god wouldn't leave them behind. I, I feel like most of this is really just like, the way I was brought up and not really any actual like scientific backing behind it but there's something about it that just really freaks me out because I feel like there is a possibility that a darker spirit would conceal itself as a child in order to get you to interact with it more and so if it's truly an energy based um, science in a way when it comes to ghosts then yeah there could be a child energy Who's to say that these really powerful energies can't disguise themselves for interaction? I suppose that could definitely happen. The way I always saw ghosts, like you could kind of correct me, but I've always heard that maybe it's a spirit or an energy that has some unfinished business or that like it happened like in something happened in a tragic way where something's not quite settled and they can't move on. I've heard different, uh, sorry, I, I'll, I'll let other people speak about, I don't know. Um, I'm not a ghost what, scientist, though. <laughs> one, one, one interesting thing I heard was one of our, I don't remember if it's actually in that episode, but one of our episodes, so we do not just investigations, we actually do, we interviewed a parapsychologist as well, and he's like trained in parapsychology um, academically. He taught parapsychology at university. So that's what a parapsychologist is. And I asked him, why are there, why are some people remaining here as ghosts and while others seemingly move on? And he had a very interesting um, answer. Nobody knows for sure, but they think it has something to do, I think with the earth's electromagnetic field. Okay. Although they don't have enough funding to actually research that, I think is what he said. But that was that's one theory that's floated around with parapsychologists. Um, I don't know if anybody else here has other ideas. Well, I did. You know, going back just to kind of <clears throat> support what you're saying, it's like I was. We went to the to uh, the USS Hornet and heard Alan Bach talk, and I as I was really really impressed by the amount of research that he did. Because it seems that there is an actual field study that doesn't seem very sensationalized. And it's like, it would be very fascinating to actually get real research into this to actually see if some things of this of nature are really true. 
I mean, he, he was just telling a lot of interesting stories about how there are real occurrences that can actually be that were actually documented and corroborated. The, you know, remember the story that he was telling about that one ghost uh, that happened to be from somebody who was actually still alive? Ying? What? Yeah. Sometimes spirits aren't dead people. Sometimes they're a live person. Like you can look down a hallway and see a spirit, and sometimes it's your yourself, or it could be somebody who used to live there but who's living somewhere else. Could it? Okay, I've also heard, maybe that fits along with this theory that I heard. Like time is kind of like I don't remember if I heard it linear. I know I know it goes on. I don't know if non-linear would fit better, but you're seeing people from different timelines throughout and they're just existing in a different time necessarily than you are but kind of sharing the same time i don't know if i'm quite explaining that right or just sounding like a lunatic but it's a timey-wimey thing yeah, yeah. something like that but um yeah i don't know i i actually don't understand how that works you guys are supposed to be what... experts <laughs> no, we're, we're we're not experts. We're filmmake. We're we're documentary makers. So all right, all right. I'll give you a break. That, that, is, that is a theory about us living in in uh, different times, different dimensions. That it, that the activity is going on. I don't know if you remember Ying toward the end of us down there at the Barbary Coast. Uh, that uh, I had talked about people running back and forth from like uh, Union Square, uh, and we found. I researched it myself lately because it never made the cut. But I really, really experienced walking into the dimension of the past from what the strongest experience I ever had when we were coming to the end of that filming. And I looked and there had been a hospital up there by Union Square. And there they remember the coast came further up and the ships were further up. And there was um, like a, a flu epidemic. It was really bad. And nurses were actually going down to the ships. And so I did historically, I looked it up and I found out that what I experienced was was historically true. And I really, truly walked into that other dimension. So, yes, you can't walk into other dimensions. Wow. Some people wow, hear that... it as a dream. Some people say, wow, I just had a real weird dream, man. Or I was tripping. <laughs> the whole the whole seeing yourself as a ghost down the hallway, that kind of just got me like, wow, that's weird. Maybe, maybe like... Something like really traumatic, like I don't know if it was something like traumatic or you got into a big argument with somebody and that energy is still hanging around in the hallway. Or I get, I've never heard that theory. Well, I've never heard that theory. Yeah, I'm not saying. Um, I've never it's heard in it. our it's in our episode with Lloyd Auerbach. If you want to check it out, um, I don't want to speak for him, but I think the theory is that sometimes the environment can record people mm -hmm. so there's something there are some spirits that are actually just like replaying of something in the past they're well, not I, conscious I, I and there are know. some that are, some are conscious they can interact with you i do know so that some are residual some are residual and some are like active spirits is what i've understood sorry june go ahead no, I, I do know that during a it might, seances um, that, uh, or spirit communication when people come for private sessions, that I have picked up people and people say, no, they're alive. They're still alive. So I do know that that, can, that does happen. But then it's the, the person is very much either on the client uh, conscious or on the other, other person. So I pick, it, I pick it up as a spirit where the person is alive. So that part I do understand. As far as seeing yourself as a ghost, I think that the, here's some of the problem. We're calling spirit, we're calling ghost, and we're making it one thing. And it's not one thing. It's two okay. different, uh, two different uh, entities, if you will. One is the ghost that we do, that is entities that are s stuck in time or there for different reasons. The other is someone who has passed on and they come to you in spirit, and eventually they evaporate, they do move on. So there really is a difference here. So are we talking about ghosts or are we talking about spirits? Yeah, well, what I'm talking about seeing yourself is a whole other thing. I think that's just an imprint on the, in the environment that people can see somehow. I don't understand how it works, but that's okay. what I understand. That's not even a ghost or a spirit. That's just like the environment records your energy and your The aura. It would be like the aura. Yeah, okay. something like that. Okay. It gets really interesting talking to 
You can, yeah. There's like so many layers to this. It's like yeah, kind of yeah. like a spiritual <laughs> onion. Like you can keep on peeling it back, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like I keep on coming up with, oh, maybe it could be this, maybe it could be that, and just going in circles, I guess. I'm glad you guys are here to talk me out of my crazy theories. <laughs> well, at least I think that's why we do this kind of show is because, you know, we, we just want answers and, you know, it's like we don't want to be sensationalized. We're not doing it for, like, television ratings or anything like that. We just want to make a very interesting, compelling show that actually tries to intelligently just, hey, it's really such a thing as paranormal and we just go into places and we don't have any information about it, but we we take what we get from it, you know? Yeah. Now, would you turn down a television contract if it came to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we all want to be famous here. <laughs> I actually have reservations. Really? <laughs> I, I strangely have reservations. Like, uh, what would those be? I kind of feel like we would lose our independence in terms of what we want to film. Because we don't have just one format. We're not just filming ghost investigations with gadgets. We're not just filming a medium. We're not, we, we can shift it uh, as long as it has something to do with the paranormal. So, like, I went from filming paranormal. I, my first episode, actually, we did reenactments of ghost legends with actors. I mean, we're not trying to say it's real. It's obvious that it's a reenactment. So we, we did a reenactment of ghost legends of San Francisco. Okay. Not getting evidence. And then we followed APR, the paranormal researchers, and then I brought June in. And then later I brought in this this well-known parapsychologist in. So we're fluid and we can change the way we want. Um, and I've and it's it's I'm just afraid we lose independence. Like I'm afraid that they would come in and say, We want you to do it this way, and we want you to act more scared when you feel something. I could I could see that with the suits and everything being like, oh, we need to get the ratings. Uh, yeah, we yeah, need to right. do this. Oh, can't you say you felt something there? No, no you're right, Ying. Uh, yeah, I couldn't do that. Act like this, act like that. No, that would never work for me. I, I respect uh, what I do too much. I respect the communication way too much to do something like that. Because I, I, I did... I, I don't want to name any show or, or assume anything, but I have heard of shows moving things around so to make the place look scarier or whatever. And then, like, maybe they do experience something, but they just kind of exaggerate it for the audience, and I understand it. Um, I can't say that it's not true. I'm just saying I'm afraid of being told let's change some things up to make the place look scary because we just go in as it is wherever yeah. we go. And I really like how you guys do it too. Uh, like When going in, as you said, uh, both you go in blind, June goes in blind, Alameda Paranormal Researchers go in blind, not knowing what the other people found, and then you mm -hmm. check it with historical facts. Like the Great Star Theater episode that, that that I was listening to, walking home in the dark and like hearing <laughs> sounds on the side. It was like, wow, that's really cool hearing about the Asian almost mafia in the opera house. And that's like, this is really interesting. And yeah. I like your style. What? Maybe we should tell them about what, what happened, how that whole investigation happened, the things that happened after after the investigation. I think you should. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> God. That was like so, such a big, that was a big fiasco there. That was great. <laughs> it was crazy. Thank you for listening to Uncontained, and I want to thank uh, the Haunted Bay for coming on and talking with me. We do have one more episode coming up with the Haunted Bay. And in the meantime, what you should do is go to their YouTube page, The Haunted Bay, and check out some of their episodes so you can actually follow along with some of the stories that we talk about in this upcoming episode. And also, while you're surfing the web, make sure you swing by my new website, uncontainedpod.com, and... You know, listen to the show there. Leave me a comment. Let me know if you have somebody you want to hear on the show, uh, something you like or dislike about the show right there. And while you're at uncontainedpod.com, please support the show 
and click that Amazon banner at the top of the page. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help give the show, I'm not going to lie, just a little bit of a kickback and uh, helps keep the lights on here at Uncontained. Please make sure you make it to iTunes and all your other favorite pod uh, players to rate, review, and subscribe. It's not because... You know, it makes me feel better to have one more follower. It's all algorithms, and the more people who like, comment, subscribe, the easier it is to find my show. Please, it's not just to feed my self-esteem, not to make me feel better, but to help other people find shows like this with The Haunted Bay, which we do have part two coming for you next week. So, please, until next time... Live uncontained.